I've never heard of a woman that's raised money that hasn't had some just super sketchy situations. So I believe everything and assume that it's 10% of what's going on. Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What up, party people? It's your boy, King Bald, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Today is an insane conversation I had with Laura Roeder, the founder and CEO of the social media company MeetEdgar.com. Her company recently hit the $4 million mark. But that's not as interesting, and that's not what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about today is sexual harassment and being a woman in a tech and business world. I wanted to get the woman's point of view. As a guy, we think we know, but you should really listen to this conversation. It'll help you to understand how to be respectful and what it's actually like to be a woman in today's workplace. Here are three key things you're going to learn. Number one, what are exact stories of Laura in the tech world? You're going to hear some stories about people hitting on her, people emailing her for coffee, but they really want to sleep with her, what it's like at a conference, and how it's like with investors. It's just some crazy stories that I was surprised what it's like to be a woman. Number two, how does Laura recommend for men to interact with women in the workplace, including advice on how you can ask a coworker on a date and not be a scumbag? (laughs) And number three, how was she able to start a business while other women haven't? I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Super timely. Enjoy it. Before we begin, I've got a quick call to action. After you listen to this episode, I really, really want to hear your experiences. Tweet me at Noah Kagan, N-O-A-H-K-A-G-A-N, with what you thought. Enjoy. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, I was kind of nervous because last time we said we were going to talk about the sexual harassment stuff. You know, that's a hot topic now. with like the Harvey Weinstein stuff. I feel like anything I say, I'll get sexually harassment lawsuit against me. I know. So it would be sort of exciting, but then maybe a terrible idea. With the stuff that you've read in tech within the Bay Area and now with Harvey Weinstein, do you believe all of it? Do you generally think there's actually more of it going on and guys just have had no idea all along? I mean, that's not even a question. This is just the tiny, tiny tip of the iceberg. The stories are just endless. I mean, I've never heard of a woman that's raised money that hasn't had some just super sketchy situations. It's just part of how things work. So I believe everything and assume that it's 10% of what's going on. So the real question is like, what's it like on the flip side? Because as a guy, I don't really know. It's like affirmative action. I don't really know what it's like to be a person of different color. I just don't know. I only know my own color. So like, what's it like for women in tech on your side that you understand about what's going on with all this stuff? There's this hashtag me too. And it's like, if you've been sexually harassed or sexually assaulted, not just assaulted, but harassed, you post your story with this me too hashtag. And so when you hear, oh, anyone post who's been sexually harassed, you're like, that's everyone. Like street harassment, had your ass grabbed at a club, whatever. Like that's, I don't know any woman. Does that happen? Are you joking? I don't get grabbed. I went to a gay club and no one grabbed me. I'm like, honestly, guys, like someone grabbed this. Okay, well, this is why this hashtag is important because to me, I thought everyone knew this, which is why I'm literally like, are you joking? But you're not. I mean, I know that women get groped. I guess I don't know to what extent. I have been out with a woman once and I was at the club. I was unbelievably shocked at how many guys talked to her Uh because no one talks to me right but we just walked from the front of the club to the back this is in la i was like is this normal she's like oh yeah this is just every night i go out if you go to a club you will probably be touched in a way that you don't want to you will definitely be like fending people off which is you know it's one of those things like okay people go to clubs to hook up but then if you're just trying to go with your girlfriends and hang out, like it makes it a not fun experience because you're on guard constantly, just like fending people off, like don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. And then so with the Me Too thing, is it basically like giving people an outlet or showing like, holy shit, a lot of people have been harassed? Yeah. 
as a woman, I just assume, oh, everyone knows that everyone's been harassed. And a lot of people are sharing stories of being raped, sexually assaulted, molested when they were children, all that too. It's mostly on Facebook that people are doing it. And I have seen men saying, wow, I'm shocked by how common this is. But I'm not shocked at all. But I guess I know more of my female friends' stories. I guess it's more common, like the more terrible stories to share with your female friends and not your male friends. Is there any stories that stand out for you in your experiences? I mean, I think I've had a similar experience to a lot of people reading the Me Too hashtag. It makes you even remember stuff that you'd forgotten about. Like I remembered like a sexual experience when I was a teenager that I did not want to be a part of. Like I wasn't screaming, no, I wasn't punching him in the face. I was like trying to get out of there, but I was a teenager and I was didn't have confidence to express that. And I had forgotten about it. Like it wasn't this huge traumatizing event because it's kind of like, that's how it goes, especially when you're that age. And I think a lot of boys that age have sort of the flip side of the coin. They don't know what's normal. They don't know what's okay. Or it's been normalized for them to say like, yeah, that sex is something you sort of take from women and they're not going to want to and you have to pressure it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's shitty. And have you experienced that in like business and conferences? I have much fewer experiences than a lot of people because I haven't raised money for my company. I don't have to wine and dine clients. Just the way that I've structured things is so that I don't have a lot of those experiences. I mean, yeah, whenever you're at a conference, you are, as a woman, I think, like constantly setting boundaries. I mean, I'm thinking of a conference I went to last week and there was a guy I was hanging out with and he was kind of like leaning in and I was kind of leaning out, you know, like just with body language to be like, no, not interested. And he wasn't doing anything crazy, but I think he was kind of like, oh, maybe we will sit closer. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) Did you actually communicate or just more physically? Just physically because he got the message. What's the balance of that? And I think one of the things I want to take away from this episode personally, and for all, it's mostly a male audience, is what is acceptable and what's not? And how can we improve as a culture, society, group of people? So I think a really important part is the power dynamic. So I'll share the story. You know, there was someone, he had sort of presented himself as someone interested in buying my company. And we had emailed about meeting up in person. In response to that email, he sent me an email that just said, you're very photogenic. And that was the whole email. It's text. It's always hard to determine tone. But I took that to mean he's fishing to take this relationship in a different way, right? We've said this is a business relationship. He's fishing to say, maybe she wants this to be a different relationship. People are allowed to flirt with each other, attempt to sleep with each other, right? Like these are things that humans do, and that's fine. The reason why I think it was inappropriate and should not have been done in this situation is because of the power dynamic. So he had presented himself as someone who's maybe interested in acquiring my company. As soon as he starts to bring the relationship flirtatious or sexual or whatever you want to call it, now it puts me in this position where it's like, is this how I have to interact with him in order to go forward? Do I have to put myself in that situation of fending him off and potentially making him very angry, which very often happens? when you shoot someone down. So in that instance, I just chose to not respond. And surprise, surprise, I never heard from him again. Although, you know, supposedly he was interested in having coffee with me. Well, that's also interesting as a woman. I don't think guys realize like they have to decide every time. Is this someone who wants to actually meet for real business talk or is it they also want to try to hook up? Right. Like, oh, let's talk about your company when it's like, is a date? With communication from men to women and more of a business context, like what is appropriate, what's not? Because to me, photogenic, I can understand where you're coming from, but I'm like, okay, where's the line? Like, don't fucking say that. And where's the black and white on it? I think it's an interesting example to bring up because it is very nuanced and it really depends on the, I think, relationship you have with that person. 
for this person and myself, it was totally professional. We hadn't established any sort of even friendship. It was just a professional relationship. So it seemed definitely out of line with the conversations we had had before. I mean, I think the most important thing that men can do is one, be very straightforward with their intentions. So like use the word date. If you would like to ask someone on a date, like that's a very clear word to use. Or even like a phrase like, can I take you out to dinner? I would assume that that was more of like a datey type situation. Let's talk shop. I assume that it's like a business situation. And if we've been introduced in some sort of business context, let's assume that that's where it stays unless you explicitly ask me to take it somewhere else. I do worry about guys in general where now it is a little scary to go up to a girl in in a business context and be like, hey, could we go get a drink? Because a lot of relationships, like I met my former girlfriend, my ex at Intel. But now I do think there's some scariness as guys like, oh shit, if I even talk to them, there's going to be some lawsuit or some potential like new article that's going to ruin my career. The power dynamic is so important too. Like in my opinion, it is inappropriate for you to date employees at your company as the founder and the owner of the company. It puts them in a super weird position where they don't know if this is something they need to do to maintain their role. Of course, when it goes south, creates lots of problems. I do think it's okay for someone at your company to date another person at your company. And I understand these lines can be very nuanced. And that's where being clear is always the best thing. What advice can you give to me and all these other guys listening? Like, look, if you see me out there, don't grab my ass. (laughs) Like, what other things can guys just be more aware of? It's not to say that they can't. I think what I get confused about is like, all right, if I go to a girl, I have a girlfriend, I'm very happy with her. But if I go up to a woman, hypothetically, and I'm like, hey, I like you. And they're like, that's harassment. I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. Where is that? Like, what advice can you give for like your son when he becomes a man? I think general advice would just be don't make assumptions about people. So this is a really common thing you hear in fundraising that if you have any kind of business that's geared towards women, the investors will be like, let me ask my wife. Like, I wouldn't know about that. I'll have to ask my wife about that one as though, you know, they can't imagine. And in the same way, people will assume like there's a lot of investors whose wife is a stay at home mom. And that's kind of like the image of a woman in their head. And they'll kind of like put that image on the person fundraising. Like maybe she's not serious. Oh, she's young now. But once she has kids, she's not going to be committed to this business anymore. These are a lot of the underlying assumptions that people have rattling around in their heads. So one, just unveiling those, knowing that you have them, kind of like the stuff with racism, right? We all have racist ideas because we were all raised in a, a racist, sexist culture, right? These are things we were taught. So I think the more awareness you can have about the stereotypes or the ideas that you have in your head about women, it makes it much easier to be conscious when you're putting one of those on a woman that you don't know. Yeah, I guess the question is, how do I feel comfortable talking to females at Sumo? Given everything going on, I'm definitely a little bit more protective and considerate about what I say and what I don't say. Because like some things can be really misconstrued, especially like in in text messaging on Slack or something like that. This brings up the whole issue of male-female relationships and how important that is for women to be able to get ahead in business. I have a friend that organizes kind of these informal weekend retreats, like weekend at a lake house type of thing with some of his founder friends. And he told me that some of the guys there, their wives don't want women there because they're like, I don't want you going away for a weekend with women staying in the house with you. If that's the norm for it to be, you know, unusual or uncomfortable for men and women to talk to each other, if men are feeling like I'm just going to avoid talking to women because I don't know what to say, I don't want a lawsuit. Obviously, that's a really terrible direction to go in 
too, because how are women ever going to advance at work or get the investors or whatever without these relationships with men? Well, it was easier at Sigma. It was just four guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's your advice? (laughs) Just hire the same sex only. Right. It's creating this like separation. And I think to some extent, I can see companies are like, well, let's just hire boys and keep it a boys club, which isn't helpful because I've actually found working with women amazing. Most women I find more impressive than men. Well, I think you just have to get over this uncomfortableness and awkwardness. And it's like you said, yeah, sometimes I'm not sure like it's going to be an awkward conversation or I'm not sure like what kind of compliment is okay. Like maybe you're talking to people at your company about what kind of compliment feels okay to them. And that's going to be like such an awkward conversation. But I think that's the kind of stuff that we need to start talking about and pushing through. And it is important to have other women at the company for women to talk to because it's just, you know, much easier to be honest about what bothers you and what doesn't. I think one thing I'm curious for women is that a lot of the conferences and even more tech company side, you're going to an environment with like all guys. How does that feel? And like, how do you interact and and I guess win or raise up in that? You're used to it, one. So it's something that you expect as a woman that you're going to be the minority or maybe you're going to be the only woman in the room. For me, it's always that way at dinners. Like whenever I go to any of these I'm at a conference and someone's organized like the founder dinner. You've been at these dinners. I was at it with you like last month. It was you and someone's wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the situation. And it sucks that that's the situation. But okay, I'm the only woman here. Maybe the next dinner, there'll be one more. I mean, I don't feel like I change my behavior in some way. I'm also like married and not looking to date or flirt or whatever. So it makes that whole area just easier for me because I just know that that's just a closed door. I mean, I think these things are even harder if maybe you are single. Maybe you do meet somebody that you're interested in, right? Like That could happen. I don't feel like I have to be like, oh, I have to present myself the certain way as the only woman in the room. Well, I guess with that too, is that you've probably noticed times when you're at these dinners where people are like, oh, so your husband's the one running the company. You're just kind of the face, right? Right. In the past, I've seen companies where there's like a couple. I'm like, okay, so they put the woman in front. But I don't know, that's not the case with you. And that's not the case with most of them. Yeah, especially when I was younger, that assumption was just constant. I mean, now it's funny because I do work with my husband, but I didn't all the businesses before this one. And especially when I was like 25, people would constantly fish around to try to figure out who the man behind the business was. Like they would literally be like, oh, like who started the business? Assuming that it wasn't me or like even straight up ask if I work with my dad, I work with my husband. They never ask you. I like never been asked. No. Also, it's very, very common that people assume that I'm not the founder or didn't start the business. That's extremely common. I don't think people really think about it. I think people just, oh, yeah, blah, blah, that's how it is. But they don't really consider what it's like on the other side of that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just used to it. I know that people aren't trying to be terrible. I mean, now they've met a young woman that started a business. Maybe they'll put that in their data set for next time and not assume anymore. <laughs> Computer malfunction. <laughs> right. I'm curious, do you ever get tired of people like, we need more women to start businesses and more girls need to be engineering? Does ever on the other side bother you? Like, okay, it's like, well, I was able to do it and I had different things. I don't get tired of it. I think it's great for people to encourage more women to be engineers, more women to be in tech, more women to be founders. Well, how were you able to do it and other women are not doing it? Well, first of all, there's actually more female than male business owners in America. But when we talk about businesses, we're often talking about cool funded startups. And I think that's an important thing to point out is there's actually a lot of women that are running businesses. There's not as many women who are corporate CEOs or who are running Silicon Valley startups. I think that's an important factor because I think we are not 
respectful and don't acknowledge a lot of women's contribution in business. And a lot of women are interested in running smaller businesses or are not interested in the fundraising game like me. Like I want flexibility. I want freedom in my time. That's a big reason why I haven't raised money. I don't want a board of investors telling me what to do or outing me from my company or whatever. I don't think that's a male-female trait, but I think a lot of women also feel that way. And same with being a corporate CEO, right? If you're on that path, you're giving up your personal life. If you're going to be the CEO of Pepsi, you don't see your family. I know people will say differently, but like, let's be real of how much you work in a role like that and on the 20 years it takes to get a role like that. That's the whole lean-in thing that I think a lot of people don't like about Lean In is Sheryl Sandberg is really encouraging women to act more like men in a lot of ways, saying this is how men operate at work. Maybe you don't know it. Like now we can do this too, right? Lean In is like more hours for one. Don't take off for your kid's ball game. Like show up at the table, make yourself heard. And often that means spending a lot of time at work. And I do think there's probably more women who aren't as interested in playing that game. And also it goes back to like the cultural training. Men were raised to say your salary is very important. Your role at work is very important to how the world sees you. Women were raised with this whole option of like, maybe when you grow up, you won't even have a career. You'll just be a mom. So the good part about that is maybe we don't have as much ego attached to our job title or our salary. So maybe we're not desperately searching those things as much. With women in general, for the women listeners out there, what are things that they can do to get their own businesses started? Is it any different than a man getting a business started? I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's good to know that you're going to encounter some probably sexual harassment, some of these awkward situations. Like, you can't let that make you quit because that's going to happen. Some people say that, like, imposter syndrome is worse for women than men. I don't know if that's true. But I think all the mindset stuff that stops both men and women, I do wonder if like more of it stops women. I mean, there have been studies that some of that's true. There's that study that shows that men don't feel like they need to meet as many of the job qualifications as women do. So, I mean, that one has been studied. And yeah, women will exclude themselves from opportunities being like, oh, it says they need two years experience. So, yeah, I think all that stuff is just good to be aware of when you're starting a business, just knowing that, of course, this is true for anyone. You have to create your own opportunities. What's it like with being a, a woman and then having a baby in business? Because as a guy, I think we see our careers as this natural like step function. So I have this position, I get this position. And only a few years I realized, wow, if you're a woman, you're probably going to take hopefully some time off. You know, now there's paternally, but as a woman, you kind of have this like pause in right. your career. And often people have a pause of five years. How have you thought through that or have you? For listeners who don't know, I have one child. I took a three-month maternity leave and then I worked mostly part-time for the first year of his life. I own my own company and I'm able to do that. It's something also that the workplace needs to recognize is that that's okay to take time off, even to have a five-year gap. That's not a deal breaker. And it can be really hard for women to find jobs again, as you can imagine, after that gap. There's also a huge shortage in part-time jobs. There's a lot of women that want to work part-time that are 35, have built up, you know, this amazing resume over the past 10 years. There's just no options out there. I've actually realized over time, I want to hire moms. You know why? Because they're not going anywhere. Like you're taking care of this person. There's a good chance in different functions, not just an assistant, that they can take care of it as well. They'll be responsible. They're not like the new millennial, like, yeah, man, I don't have meaning today. I'm going to quit my kid. No, it's like, I have to take care of this. Yeah. And I mean, companies don't operate this way. I mean, including mine, we operate off full-time positions, but 
Think of all the women that have been working since they were 21, have developed amazing skill sets in accounting or engineering or marketing or operations or whatever it is. Then they have a kid when they're in their mid-30s. They have an amazing resume. You can pay them part-time like half the salary, right, for a part-time job. Maybe they get all the stuff done anyway (laughs) part-time. And now they have a schedule where they can still spend time with their kids, where they can be more flexible. I would love to see more of that. And I don't want to say like, oh, that's the only way women are interested in working, right? Obviously, there's lots of women like me that also want to start companies and work full time. But I think looking at this whole sphere of the different ways that women are interested in working is valuable for companies. Have you ever used being a woman to your advantage in business? Ooh, that's a juicy question. I think I use it all the time because I think people find me friendlier. I think people find me more approachable. People have pointed out to me that like if I'm at a conference, a bunch of people will come up and talk to me. No one does that. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember someone pointed that out to me when I was like 22 and I was at like a networking event and someone was like, you've met every person here and I am outgoing and that's part of it. But yeah, people come up and introduce themselves to me and my male friend was like, no one has done that to me. So I use that in the sense that I accept that that's the reality that I'm in. And I'm glad that people introduce themselves to me. I've never used it in as far as like, you know, having sex with someone to get ahead or anything like that. I would totally do that. (laughs) Open offer for listeners. I don't care. Animals, whatever. Just send it my way. Austin, Texas. What's it like hiring men as a woman boss? So for us, it's really easy because we have a lot of information about our company and that I'm the founder on our website. So I think it's sort of self-selecting. Any man who's uncomfortable with having a female boss, I don't think would apply. It's never come up with anyone that I work with, I think, because once they get to the point of being an employee, that's obviously something that they're cool with. One thing for me with hiring, I actually, as much as I can, not look at the sex Meaning that so when I hire, if that's on a spreadsheet, I remove the name and email and I just look at the answers and I'm like, who's the best person? Yeah, we do that to you. Often, of course, you'll find that people, I don't know if this comes up for you in another question, it ends up being you know revealed or one way or another. I think it's a really smart practice to do those sorts of things. Again, studies have shown that that definitely helps. I think you have to go a step beyond that too. You can't just assume that just because you've eliminated the names that's it. You're done. There's going to be no discrimination in your hiring process. It's not because you're a sexist asshole, right? We just all have lots of ideas and you form a mental picture of someone. Even when it doesn't have their sex, like you are guessing because you form a mental picture. Like we're humans. That's what we do. You form a mental picture of who that person is. And gender is so deeply ingrained in us that you're going to assign them a gender. There were these women that ran an agency when clients weren't responding or weren't being friendly, they would bring in a fake male partner via email. And they found that the requests were handled so much better. People were like, yeah, happy to do that. The communication was much more straightforward. So yeah, people have done that. Like It's something that you can do over the internet, which is great. You can be a man. I mean, the sales stuff is fascinating, right? Like We get all those emails from people pitching to have dev shops work at our company, right? The formula for those has become usually Eastern European woman is like the name and photo they'll email you with. So they've clearly seen that that gets a response, right? They also, I'm sure people assume that when you're getting an email from a woman, maybe they're less technical. 
right? Maybe they're like the sales qualifier, but maybe you're going to have to talk to someone else to get in the technical conversation. Maybe you're not going to start those questions with them. So those are the kind of assumptions to like find yourself making and then be like, no, I'm not going to assume that I shouldn't ask them a technical question because they're a woman. That's a great thing. I think the overall message is just don't assume shit, talk to them normal and then respect the boundaries that, that people have. So if they say no, that's a no. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. It's definitely a different type of episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, go give Laura a huge thanks on the Twitter world at LKR and visit her company for all your social media sharing at meetedgar.com. Next, go text a friend and tell him you love him. Yo, man, I want to have a responsible cocktail night out with you tomorrow. Have a great day. What's your favorite airline? <laughs>